right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. My name is Randy. Thank you for joining us today. We're talking all things women's golf, the LPGA, some LET, some NCAA Women's Championship. We got it all. But first, let me welcome my two associates today, Mr. Tron Carter. TC, how are you doing today, my man? Randy, I'm excited to be on your golf podcast. I know. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I've, I've, been efforting you joining for such a long time. I'm glad we could make it happen. Also joining us, Mr. Cody McBride. Sarge, how are you today, sir? Good morning, Big. Happy to be here. Thank you again for this uh, great, great introduction and excited to talk some golf with you, man. Yeah, we have a good show. Before I get into our agenda and before we get into it, let me thank our sponsor. That's, of course, our good friends at Titleist and FootJoy. Guys, I don't know if you watched any of the PGA Championship uh, last weekend, but I watched a little bit of it. You did good, TC. The yeah. Titleist was the number one. It is the number one ball of golf, and it was the number one ball at the PGA Championship with a hundred players at Oak Hill teeing up with either the Pro V One or the Pro V One X. And of course, I mentioned the NCAA's. It's a big couple weeks for Championship golf. The men concluded their regionals uh they were across six sites and of the four big one love big one of the 450 players competing for a spot in the upcoming ncaa championships 87 percent of them played a titleist golf ball we're going to talk about the ncaa women's championship at the end of this podcast that took place at greyhawk golf club in scottsdale where 90 percent of the field was playing either a pro v1 or pro v1x oh and i even forgot this the U.S. Am 4-Ball has been underway at Kiowa Island. I believe it's actually wrapping up as we're recording today. And yep. 81% of the field is teeing up a Pro V1 or a Pro V1X. So just tremendous, tremendous success in all the biggest championships in golf going on right now. Ladies 4-Ball was was last week or a couple weeks ago too out at the home course in Washington. The youngins. The youngins got it, man. Yeah. We talked about uh, Clemente a ton leading up to Anwa. Her and her four ball partner just crushed it man yeah she's a menace titleist it's also the top choice in every single club category across the six ncaa regionals the ncaa women's championship and the u.s four ball it's drivers fairways hybrids utilities irons wedges and putters when the biggest titles in golf are on the line more of the best choose titleist we sincerely thank them for supporting everything we do Gentlemen, I mentioned a uh, lot to run down. I think we're going to touch on the founders real quick. The LET played an event down at uh, Trump National Doral last weekend. We can hit on that. We, have, of course, have the match play that has just started. It's going on this weekend. We have the NCAA championships, which we can touch on. I'll have a segment with Jordan Perez at the end of this episode all about the NCAA championships. So I think this is going to be a good one. Let's start here, though. Uh, Codeman, any apologies that you need to get out of the way before we really dive in? You know, Big, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I, TC, Unbelievable. Uh, some, some slander, some... some yeah, just... You know, I'm going to keep fighting on because 
because Cody was was uh, disparaging the Lady Trojans plenty of times this spring. They have they have completely flashed on him. Cody, I can't believe you're not apologizing. The Lady Trojans took down the Stanford Cardinal last night. Uh, it's all it's all anybody's talking about, man. And Brianna Navarosa, she uh, she's a she's a certified dog. She's a killer. She is. Both she USAM. Now this, she's just God. I love watching her play. Fiery, fiery competitor. She is big time player, big time shot. She's a, a hell of a hell of a performance yesterday. What I will say is that I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I think the fact still stands that at that point in time, and what we're talking about is during the Anwa preview when we talked about USC. I said that there might be some team cohesion issues. Mm. And the fact might still remain. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's just, I can strictly report what was told to me at that point in time. And uh, I'm glad to see the performance that they're, they're putting on right now. Taking down Stanford is a hell of a hell of a feat. What I will say is that, you know, I'm sure Rose is a little tired. She played like dog shit yesterday. I mean, she. I don't think she would have shot in the 70s. Uh, it was not great. The rest of the team clearly did not perform. And uh, I'm not going to say it was a choke, but, you know, they just they just flat out, they got beat. They just ran and, out of gas. I yeah. Think that, I think Rachel Heck coming out, kind of them hoping she was going to provide a spark in the first round, and then she got right. out. You know, she's clearly not healthy yet. Shoots 82 or 83, and they've got to... And props to props to uh, Brooke Say for coming in the lineup and, like, actually providing a spark in round two. And, and you know... I mean, Stanford, really impressive uh, performance, kind of fighting their way back. Conditions got tougher and tougher as the week went along. Randy, you'll talk about it plenty with Jordan. I don't want to. I don't want to co-opt that. But Cody, listen, I want you to. I want you to go back to your sources, some of whom were probably within the Stanford program, and just tell them no cohesion <laughs> issues hey, in our locker hey, room. All right. Stop pointing hole. Stop. Get stop get trying to sow sources. discontent down in uh, down in Los Angeles. All right. Randy, back to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we are recording Wednesday early in the day so that the, the final match has not taken place. But uh, stick around. Jordan and I will recap all the action. Randy, moving over to LPGA. Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm appalled that the LPGA hasn't given Block an exemption. <laughs> yet into an event. Just anything, right? Yeah. I mean, Block's got to be in the year-end McGladry mixed event. In, in, down in Naples, I would think. With who, Annika? His new friend? I don't think it matters. Anybody, everybody. Maybe what, what? Uh, Maybe get Lorena Ochoa out of Lorena, retirement. Yeah. Who's, who, who's the LPGA equivalent of Michael Block? Oh, that's a good question. I know. Maybe Big Mama? <laughs> the uh, the 81-year-old senior am? All right, most, most people. I apologize for bringing up block. Most people, okay, thought this was going to be a block. Yeah, zone. this is a block free zone. All right, let's get this on the rails. Uh, last time we talked was before it was prior to Founders Cup. Founders was wonderful. Jin Young Ko put on an absolute clinic on Sunday. Uh, ran down Minji Lee to win her fifteenth LPGA title. Um, she regains world number one from Nelly. <sighs> Where do we want to start? I had thrown down a a gauntlet of sorts for Minji Lee. I, I thought the Founders Weekend was going to be a huge litmus test to see where she was. She responded. She answered with flying colors. 
she was in a playoff with with Jin Young Ko. Ultimately, came up just short, but it was really nice to see Minji Lee playing, you know, elite level golf again. What's what's the bigger yeah. takeaway to you guys? Jin Young Ko, Minji Lee, something else. Where where can we dive in on founders? I think it's I think it's definitely Jin Young Ko coming back, being you know getting back to the top of the heap there. I think Minji. I don't. I wasn't necessarily worried about her. I mean, obviously, bad fall, kind of a mediocre spring. But I, you know, it's kind of one of those things. She could just be tired after a big summer last year. She's kind of regained form, went back to Australia, all that. I think you know, and played well down in Australia, to be honest. So I think Jin Young Ko coming back and and putting some injuries behind her is is big big news. And it's it's the type of finish we were hoping for out of out of Chevron. Yeah. Right. As far as like the big, you know, the biggest names. I know Lilia, Lilia deserving Angel, awesome. winner. Yeah. yeah right. But like, you know, Lilia vaulting up to that level is awesome. But, but, you know, we like we, we long conversation from us on the pre Chevron thing about, you know, Lilia or about uh, Nelly, Jin Young Ko, Minji Lee showing up playing well against one another, having some matchups. Yeah. Cody is, I mean, Jin Young Ko is is she back? This is her second win on the LPGA she season. Back. Yeah, is it fair to say though? The next thing is like let's start seeing it in some of these majors that are going to be coming up. I, I think that's sure. I, th- I think that's where Jin Young Ko's got to start elevating the game a little bit. Definitely. You know, we talk about it all the time on like the men's side is that. Jin Yun Ko, Minji, like all these names. The same leaderboard that we had at Wilshire, the same leaderboard we had here. Like golf course matters so much. And when you play like these big classic ballparks that demand that you hit the fairway, you're a really good ball striker and you, you know, you putt it, like these are the leaderboards that we get. And that's why it's so disappointing looking back on Chevron again, is that like that's like any run of the mill normal you know mid-level country club and it just doesn't do much to separate like the best players in the game which to be fair neither i don't think like the the one at palm springs did either not at all you know so it's it's kind of like it's not really anything but yeah like looking at the leaderboard from from new jersey i mean you know obviously the first two ashley buhai um ataya titikum Adidia Shuk, uh, Andrew Yin, Nasa, Cheyenne Knight, Madeline Sagstrom, Georgia Hall, Grace Kim, area, like big, big, big time, like heavyweights. Yeah. All the way down the leaderboard. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, forever the Mission Hills and now uh, I, I, I do think, you know, Lilia – it's not quite in the same category, but but the rep was always, oh my God, the ANA, it's always like a first time major winner. And and I think course plays a big part of that, Cody. Um I I, I said we're gonna need to see more out of Jin Young in the majors. And let me just explain why. You know, she she won two majors in 2019. Um in 2021 was her like unbelievable summer where she set the record for you know, most greens in regulation, I believe like most consecutive rounds in the 60s. I, I forget what like all the specific records are off the top of my head. But in the majors, you know, she she went tied for seventh. 
a couple times, uh, one being the Chevron, one being the U.S. Women's Open, which are, you know, great top tens. Uh, but the other two majors she played in, the Women's PGA T46, the Evian T60. She did not play in the Women's British Open in 2021. And then we fast forward to 2022, and it's T53, T30, 4th, T8, cut, and then at the Chevron this year, T9. So she's she's absolutely been banking some top 10s. You know, I think that's where the floor of her game comes into play. She's just so damn good. Uh, but I, I want to see her try to find another gear major weeks, and, and I think she really needs to get in the hunt at least once or twice this year. Or I, I mean, many people are saying she hasn't won a real major yet. She's won the she's won the Evian and yeah, the ANA Inspiration. Now now the Chevron. Like that's you know yeah. Many people are saying that TC. <laughs> the three of us are saying that. Yeah. That said, that said, she's won two Founders, or actually, she's won three Founders Cups, which we've said is is kind of slotting in as like a pseudo, like their version of the players, mm -hmm. big time event. Mm -hmm. So. You know, kind of an Alonzo morning situation. It's it's funny though, she has not played well in the KPMG women's PGA of late. I, I say that. She has a T eleven, a T fourteen, but then a T forty six and a T thirty. And I only think that's interesting because they've been going to some like big classic ballparks lately, and they'll be at another yeah. one uh in a few weeks at, at Baltus Raw. Would think that sets up really well for her. So I don't know. We'll we'll obviously find out in a few weeks. Codeman, um, what else are our big takeaways from founders? We Jin Young Co. Obviously, want to spend more time with Minji. You want to touch on anybody else? Well, I'm okay. I think we're we're good with Minji. Just like TC said, she had a, you know, she played so good over the winter when she went back home. I think it was a great like reset for her, and then has come back really firing here. And it's just awesome to see her putting good scores up on the board. Uh, Taya, I mean, again, for the for these women who played the week prior, very, very long week for Ataya uh, in San Francisco to fly all the way across the United States and then to get geared up. And we, we talked a lot about, like, what's the difference going to be? Because some of it, you know, International Crown could have been a really good boost for some, and it could absolutely drag some of the others down. And a lot of that was just momentum. And I'm I was actually like, I'm pretty shocked to see her this high on the leaderboard because it seems like maybe it's just because she's so young, but like nothing's really going to slow her down. And we're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting until she, you know, starts winning some more. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It, it seemed like a ho-hum tournament for her. I, I'm sure she was tired and, you know, yeah. just kind of went about her business, some bogeys, some birdies, and you look up on Sunday and like you said, it's like, oh yeah, tied for fifth. Okay, I guess that works. Um, because you you look at like Nelly was somebody we had pegged. She did not have a good week. Um, she missed the cut. In fact, Lilia Vu it missed is, the cut. So I, I do like, think what that. Is, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Well, I, Nelly, I do think they were tired. Yes, for sure. It, and uh, and uh, like you know, we're recording this like Big said, like on a Wednesday. Nelly withdrew this week. Sums up what what she say her back or her neck. She cited back pain. So who knows how long that's been going on? Yeah, I feel like the uh, the LPGA they're just beating up United hubs. <laughs> they went from from LA, Houston, San Francisco, 
now near Newark. Like they're just racking up mileage, mileage plus <laughs> miles here. Neither good, here nor there. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, a deity. I, I was going to say, oh. I think it's definitely worth mentioning a deity. She, she finished tied for fifth. Yeah, her second, top, second straight top five. She had a T2 uh, out in L.A. Well, yeah, lost in that playoff there. Yeah. But, man, it was so good to see her playing well. Again, she's had a phenomenal year so far. Uh, the other one that kind of reminded me a little bit of, of L.A. is Cheyenne Knight. And honestly, like, uh, horrible final round. Really not even final round. Horrible closing, like, four or five holes for her there to get out of contention when she was, like, seemingly had the tournament within her grasp. Um, great to see her up on this leaderboard again, finishing ninth. Uh, Angel, you could say the same thing, coming off a rough Chevron week and how, how that happened. Uh, we're going to get to it a little bit later, but episode three of the LPGA series um, did a great job of chronicling final round and, and really the entire week of the Chevron. And, and both Angel and Cheyenne both featured heavily in that. Um, but really good to see them rebounding and, and actually like, you know, still continuing their really good play. Yeah, and this is uh, I'll, I'll beat the drum again. It's it's a little hard to get your mind around what exactly is changing for somebody like Angel Yin or even Aditi, right? Who we just don't have the robust stats that we do on the PGA side. So it's it's not like we can really drill down and be like, oh, well, you know, her approach play or her putting or you know, strokes gain, tee to green, whatever. But one marker that that kind of tells the story is their position in the Rolex World Rankings. And Aditi, I thought this was crazy. She started this year, 2023, ranked 195th in the world. She now sits at 51st. So a, a meteoric rise. We, we said she's had back-to-back top five finishes on the LPGA Tour. She she won earlier this year on the, the European Tour TC, the magical Kenya Open, which is near and dear to our heart. Um, of course. And I think it's it's she is a cool story because if and when she wins on the LPGA Tour, she's going to be the first Indian woman to do so. And I think it's going to be very interesting what that does for golf in that country. So many people there, whether, you know, kind of India becomes a, a golf crazed place or not. It'd be really cool if Sahith and Aditi could win, like both win this year, yeah. same year. God, speaking of the McGladry event, I mean, yeah, no, no better natural pairing than those two. I would, I wouldn't think. Um, and then Angel Yin, same story. She's she's moved up 120 spots in the last three events. She's currently at 41st in the world rankings. And honestly, not that far back when we start talking Solheim Cup. Uh, I yeah. believe she's like 10 or 11 spots back of Jess Corda. They they take they take a couple a couple of the roster spots for Solheim are determined by um, the top ranked players outside of like the the top six on points so if angel's not in that top six on points she's she's playing her way into a look otherwise and and even a captain's pick right would have to be in play so good on good on those two 
Codeman, our, our pick of Madeline Saxstrom didn't turn out for Founders, but I think I think overall it was a good week. I mean, a 10th place finish was good. She had a terrible third round, which really cost her. But I, Third round, 75, absolutely <laughs> killed us big. Yeah, we, we just got to put together four rounds. But I think if you zoom out and kind of look in the macro, I, I like where she's headed. And as we enter, yeah. quote unquote, major season, I, I think that's great. I agree. I was going to say one player that just has not shown up this year, Thus far is Jennifer Cupcho. Her best finish is, was at the first tournament of the year, which is a limited field, T16. Uh, there she has not finished better than T21. She, she played decent at, at Founders Cup, T21, but otherwise a couple, couple cuts in there, just not doing anything. She won three times last year. Yeah. So just something to track. And she was so boomer bust even last year. You know, she she had yeah. three wins, but outside of that, she didn't really string together that many good weeks otherwise. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Uh, Georgia Hall kept her. I mean, she's putting together a, a great year. I know she hasn't won yet, but she's up to fourth in the CME standings on the year. That week of rest really came in uh, helped her out. Good, man. You took the words out of my mouth. I, I'm so glad she shook off that foot problem that held her out of the international crown. <laughs> and still was able to get some sponsor obligations done big. It was phenomenal. Oh man, that's just crazy. About it. Yeah, that's just crazy. I will Georgia, say, I mean, I know you guys listen to this too. We're on to you guys. It's fine. You just, <laughs> this is what happens. I, I, I did see Charlie got a new car too. She got a BMW. Oh, I saw that sick on car. Instagram today. Okay. Yeah. All right. We like that. Uh, a lot of golf coming up. I mean, so much golf coming up. It's crazy. It is. Do you have the Do you have the schedule in front of you, TC? Not only do I have the LPGA schedule in front of me, I also have the Let schedule in front of me. So, hold on, real quick, before we move on from this, I do want to give another shout out to our very uh, the other young hitter, Lauren Coglin. T twenty five here, rounds of 71, 70, 70 and eh, final round seventy seven. Tough finish, but we like that. She's playing really, really good. I think Lauren Lauren's been. It's both like she's figured out her putting, I think, but she's still trying to get confidence with the putting. And I think there's some concerns about three putting in there and all that. She seems like she's hitting the ball better than ever again. Like she's got her swing kind of figured out after the first quarter of the year. So I think good things ahead for Lauren. Yeah. All right, TC, hit us with that schedule. Oh, so all right. LPGA has four events in June. We got the Mizuho America's Open at my own Liberty National. <laughs> Golf club. Uh, that's a cool, cool first year event. Then we've got the Shoprite uh, down in Atlantic City, which is a three day event. We've got the Meyer LPGA, of course, in Michigan, and then we've got the KPMG Women's PGA, and then that's straight into the U.S. Women's Open. After that, so um, they get a week then, off in there. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, but like you know, I'm just saying, like there's no there's no tournaments in between those. And then on the on the European side, ladies are in Belgium this week. And then they've got, uh, they go to Sweden for two weeks in a row, including the Scandinavian mixed, mm, which is opposite the, uh, the, the shop, right. And then, uh, the German masters, the Ch Czech ladies open, uh, you know, some, some random stuff on there. Not a whole lot going on on the left <laughs> side until we get to like, you know, July for the uh, Evian and then the Scottish Open and the Women's Open. And I can't believe you didn't want to highlight the the Ladies Open by Pikala Rock Resort in Finland. You, Seems like you, a, an event right up our alley. <laughs> Cody, you know I'm just waiting for, for uh, 
the eighth of September for the Big Green Egg <laughs> Open. <laughs> well, that's that's circled on my calendar. Once we hit KPMG, it's about a month and a half time span where they're going to be playing four majors. So it's the yeah. the season's coming hot, hot and heavy here in the next uh, in the next couple months, which is awesome. I do also what? want to mention the the Ladies European Tour. They're playing in Saudi Arabia. Uh, for the Aramco Team Series, end of October, they're not playing at Royal Greens. They're playing at Riyadh Golf Club. Huh. That must be the is, the real members strange. club in Riyadh. I think. <laughs> it actually. We're also is. going to DLF for the uh, for the Hero Women's Indian Open, too, which is sick. That that's the one with the styrofoam bunkers and everything. <laughs> well, speaking of Mister Players Special, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Aramco, they just had a, uh, a an Aramco. The the LET did. They just had an Aramco Series event down at Trump. I don't know if it's international, national, Doral. Uh, no, no, Trump International, West Palm Beach. Okay, not at, not in Miami, West Palm Beach. Oh, so this oh, isn't Doral either, is it? No. Okay, no. Randy regrets the air. Um, this is a, uh, I believe that Trump International, West Palm Beach is a a Jimmy Fazio, sure, uh, masterpiece. Sure, sure. Well, tough conditions. Carlotta Saganda, who's actually playing some good golf, I think she's somebody to keep an eye on here in the next couple months. She she won the event at two under. I think she was one of two women at under par across three rounds. Lydia Ko finished tied for third. She's been playing a lot better on the LET this year than she has on the LPGA. Uh, what else? What else? This was the U.S. pro debut, guys, for Lynn Grant. I know we're gonna probably talk about her a lot with match play, but she was she was done down at um, Trump International last weekend. She finished at plus six, tied for twenty first, along with. Our girl Lexi tied for 21st. Allison Lee was the top American. She finished tied for fifth. Not sure if there's anything else you blokes want to highlight from that event. Well, I just, I'm sure for Lynn, it was a stressful week. You know, coming over, you got to deal with immigration. I'm sure there was questions going on there about what documents she had to show, what she didn't have to show anymore. Uh, not too concerned about uh, how she's kicking off her American leg. Well, six of is winter. only eight shots back. And she's she's winning right now in her first match out in Vegas. Yeah, Shadow Creek by another member of the Fazio tribe. <laughs> uh, Biggie, you also, I mean, the Ramco Team Series, the, the team component of it. Team uh, Rusin ended up winning, which um, basically is is wild. So I, I don't understand the whole Ramco Team Series. I don't what, they just have two days of team competition, but three days of individual. Cody, um, I, I should probably look in and really try to educate myself, but I just have not yet. I, I do not, hand up, I do not quite understand all that's going on there. I also am conf con like a little confused because I'm pretty sure that an amateur plays on each team as a part of the team component as well. Huh. Like a competitive amateur or no, uh, no, like, like a, a program type deal? <clears throat> I don't know how exactly it, it's like made out, but I think it's three professional. So it's a four four woman team, but there's three professionals and one amateur, I believe, that makes a team. Okay, I saw your boy DT was around. I don't know if he was. I think he was playing in the pro game. am. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I I got to get a full. I'll get a full report back. Uh, it, it honestly, with everything last week, was not at the top of my. Uh, my list of things to check in on, but I did see DT strolled out of his uh, his backyard out to the first tee and teed it up in the Pro-Am, so I'm sure they loved it. That's wonderful. Uh, a few odds and ends before we dive into match play. TC, 
this will be an interesting note for you. You're massive Lorena Ochoa fan. So courtesy of our guy, Grant Boone, Jin Young Ko, I said, reclaimed world number one. This is going to be the 154th week in her career being ranked number one. She's now five weeks shy of Lorena Ochoa's all-time mark of 159 weeks. That's wild. She she got back there quickly. Yeah, I know. Jin Young Ko's 27. Got to think she's going to blow past Ochoa's mark and, you know, probably she's going to set the bar somewhere and it's it's going to be difficult to catch her. I don't know if I would have guessed that Ochoa held the record. I, I think I would have just assumed it was Annika, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think God, Ochoa is so good. Like, we should do a deep dive sometime on just Lorena Ochoa's career. Yeah, we Make should. That yes. Topic. That's a great, you know? great call. Uh, Cody, you mentioned before Nelly officially withdrew from the Mizuho America's Open next week because of back pain. I hope that's nothing too serious. I don't if I had to guess, which I have no inside info, I, I wouldn't think. Hopefully more precautionary, but we certainly will see. Um some US Open qualifying tidbits starting to roll in. I think the the coolest one was Amy Olson qualified for the US Open. She is six months pregnant, plans to play. She'll be about seven months pregnant. So God, I just, can't imagine. You talk about stuff that just the the men, you know, just do not have to think about and consider. That that always drives it home when you hear stuff like that. Annie Park, good friend. Uh, she got through qualifying, so she's going to be at Pebble Beach. And then TC, our girl Lindy Duncan, got oh. through as well. I knew that would make you happy. Hell yeah! I'm excited to see Annie Annie play Pebble. I think she'll be. That's a good fit for her. Completely agree. When we were talking about the scheduling, and we we talk about them being in at Baltusrol for uh, women's or KPMG PGA and then the week off going into the U.S. Open. What do you think they're going to do in that week off? You think the majority of them are going to migrate out to California, spend their week out out there? Because I think looking at it, at least, you know, I've never been to Pebble, but I know it's a very cool thing that this is going to be the first major, women's major hosted at Pebble Beach. Do you think it could be uh, something where maybe a little people spending too much time around there, over-preparing maybe? I don't know. It just kind of seems weird how it's a holiday weekend, it's a weekend off, but it's not really. Uh, I just don't want to see people get out there and maybe get a little little too deep in that deep rough out there trying to think through things a little too hard. Honestly, Cody, like just functionally speaking, I bet it's just all resort play all the way up until Monday morning. You think so? Right? I, I don't know. I don't know. We can find that out. We haven't even really discussed. Obviously, we're going out for that week, but we haven't even really talked about when, when we're going to get there. Yeah. I plan on getting there Monday. So I know. I think I'm yeah. going to be there all week. Are you going to bring fireworks? Can we shoot off fireworks in California? Or is it a fire hazard? <laughs> Great question, Cody. I think we just launch them towards the ocean, play it safe. I think we launch them at the, at the 16th green at Cyprus. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, ask, uh, we'll ask Uncle Jim about that. He should know the rules. <laughs> uh, I just found it amazing talking to like Michelle Wee, Michelle Wee West, one of the preeminent figures in women's golf over the last couple decades that like she's not that familiar with Pebble Beach. So I got to think hardly any of these ladies are that familiar with the place. I almost think they would want to get out there and, and just get acclimated and not that you have to play pebble, but try to find some games in the area, start prepping with wind and just uh, cause it's going to be so different than obviously playing in New Jersey at Baltus raw. 
It feels like it's going to be very like New Jersey summer, very hot. And then yeah. they're going to Pebble, which I believe is probably going to be like, what, mid 60s, low 60s and windy? Yeah, Hopefully. 60s, low 70s. Yeah. yeah. God, I hope the wind blows. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, God, I can't feel, wait for for our film room to come out. Uh, you playing Pebble Beach? Yeah, yeah. I won't say it. that's a good time. Yes, everybody. If you you're not aware yet, but we do have a film room coming out for Pebble Beach featuring Mr. Big Randy. Yeah. Any what, what did you think of the experience of your first time playing Pebble? It's magical. It's it's such a sublime walk. Like it's it's fantastic. Some great golf holes, right? But some, some excellent golf holes. Uh, the wind blew like like a mother, which made the course so difficult. Some of the inland holes, you know, I, I thought both, hey, that's a fun little hole. And then I, I get more appreciation for Tron's takes of like, man, like it's fine, but think about how much better it could be. You know, that, that goes through your head a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall experience is like, yeah, you get to just walk along the ocean for however many holes. It's it's wonderful. Can't be big, that bad. Big was big was just posted up in the tap room. Like we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't get him out of the tap room. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's see, real quick. R.I.P. Just because Cody, we had we had mentioned her. I talked a little bit about her. Uh, Marlene Hag. I don't know if it's Hag or Haggy. I think it's Haggy. Haggy. Marlene Haggy Vossler passed away last week at the age of 89. She was the last living LPGA founder. So of the 13 original founders, all are now deceased, which is, you know, it's too bad, but it goes to show you time marches on. So RIP to her. Um, I thought this was just a fun little note. The LPGA has introduced affordable clubs and equipment for women and girls you can find that at Walmart, I believe, is their exclusive supplier. So any females in your life, anybody listening, if if you're looking to get into the game but don't know anything about equipment, certainly can consider uh, using the LPGA starter program. And then maybe we'll graduate you into some Titleist clubs when you're ready. Huh. I might take the twins over and check this out. Yeah. And then the other other kind of odds and ends note I had was about uh, LPGA All Access Episode 3 dropped. I, I think we all had a chance to watch that. Any big comments or stuff that stood out to either of you? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I thought it was good. Let him cook. I thought it was good. I just watched it uh, earlier today. Uh, I was shocked to see Melvin Gordon in there. <laughs> that was a cameo that just... Yeah. Huh, okay. Didn't see that coming, uh, but yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Angel, it, it also reminded me, like, once again, how fun Angel is. <laughs> Just like how, yeah, how much right. I like spending time with Angel. Yep. Um, I thought the stuff with Cheyenne Knight was good. Um, but, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, even just, just the day-to-day, -day, like, cooking dinner, going to the equipment truck, talking to her coach, like, that's the stuff I want to see. Like, I want to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't want to see a bunch of, like, weirdly staged and scripted things i just want to like truly show me what what they're doing day to day what the what the grind looks like right mm -hmm. um i thought the like that and i wanted to see a little bit more they had some good stuff leading in from the previous episode with lilia into chevron i, I would have liked to have seen that paid off a little bit more on the back end, like with, you know, like what happens after she wins, what happened, you know, like that, that evening, right. Mm -hmm. Like follow her around. Maybe that's just, you know, it just seemed like a little bit caught between 
like a, a illustration of Cheyenne at the tournament and the lead up to the Chevron, but then it kind of it it, it didn't really dive into like the major itself. I I think yeah. that's very fair, Cody. I sorry. I I just TC. I, I agree with that. I I think and nobody's asking me for my opinion, but I'll give it anyway. Uh, nobody's ever asking exactly for our opinion, exactly. So. <laughs> I, I I want them to lean more into. The off-course stuff, like I, I would have loved to have seen, okay, Lilia Vu obviously won Chevron. Like spend the next five days with her. And and what are those five days like? How 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 does she feel her life has immediately changed? I, I want a little bit more off-course and a little less like highlight package, if that makes sense. Yes, I agree with everything that you guys both have said. Uh, I think for Lilia, it would have been a very easy decision in the uh, edit bay for them to bring some callbacks to episode one when obviously Lilia was featured a little bit more there, showing what she was working on originally with Cole, their banter, tying that into the back end. It felt like, TC, what you're saying, the, the last 10 minutes of the episode when Chevron is really ramping up and we have Angel coming down the stretch and obviously the conditions are tough as shit. Yeah. Lily is already in the clubhouse and like, you got to let that breathe a little bit. Like I would, I, I would have killed for juice. some more dialogue of angel and the decisions that she went to. And immediately after she hit that bad shot that didn't carry the hazard and like, honestly, she called four cause she thought that it was going to hit the camera people up there. But really like you get, you got to let that stuff breathe there. And then really, like, we know Lily is just, like, chilling, kind of waiting for this playoff. Is it going to happen or not? And then it it felt like everything was just kind of rushed on the back end of that. And and all the way through, like, of course, they had to put the dialogue in there about jumping into the pond, which it seems overblown now. But, like, I, I understand it. They could have talked more. That I know Lily had talked a ton about the, her relationship with Cole and why this meant so much and their thought process and everything that they went into the week. Um, overall, I thought it it was good. I, I don't. It, it's still not like hitting the marks that I wanted to hit. I, yeah. I think it's great insight. Uh, T, you talked about Shan Knight. I, th I think she's awesome. And again, you could probably take a lot of her stuff from this week out because we know next week when she gets to Wilshire, like that's going to be a big storyline, and like yeah. that will be you know a good tie in there. It blows my mind and shout out to Titleist that they had the tour truck there. The lack of like overall club manufacturer access that like the women's have have week in, week out continues to like just kind of be a bummer. Um Giant Knight talks about like, oh, I have a scratch on the top of my three wood. She thought it was just a scratch in the paint that she wanted to get it changed because of like cosmetics only. And she goes in and like they're immediately like, You have a cracked head. <laughs> Like this club is not And she does not like changing clubs. No, she ever. hates changing. Yeah. And she's like, wait, really? Like this is cracked? And they immediately gave her like a one-for-one -one, uh, replacement. And, and you know, it was just cool to see. I, I want to give a shout out to her coach, uh, Joey. He teaches out of Texas Rangers Golf Club here in Dallas, which is not like it's a, you know, the city of Dallas runs and operates it he's out there all the time i've been to that range because that's where i hit balls at and i've seen cheyenne out there like grinding her absolute tail off and i always thought it was weird because i'm like wow why is why is cheyenne hitting you know practicing out of here 
obviously the Rangers club hosts a corn ferry tour, but like the course is in really good shape, like one week a year. <laughs> and that's when the corn ferry tour is in town. The rest of it, it truly is like a muni. Like it's not, it, it's not crazy nice by any means. Um, but it was awesome to see their relationship and then tying in the mom who obviously travels with her week in, week out. And the guy, um, the, the, the uh, pro Carlton Woods, who was her first. Yep. Yeah. First golf really, coach. really cool. It was yeah. cool to see the little touch that, uh, that Chevron put in, and obviously having a major here in Texas. I don't know if they're going to run the cowboy hat uh, mm-hmm. player gift back next year or not, but Cody, uh, Cody's going to try to get involved. Big tech. for sure. You know I'm going to be down there next year getting my. It was Rustler Hat Co. I know there's no free hats here, but shout out to them for hooking them up. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I that point about I don't know, just like featuring, and I, I wonder if they were really locked on to a certain player who ended up having a terrible week and missed the cut yeah. and then they kind of had to chase the the end of the tournament there because but even then at, tw- like, at 23 like, minutes yeah. it was i think it was the shortest episode yet which was a little yeah. weird for kind of centering around a major championship major. but even then like knowing that they have that they did this stuff early week with angel with angel yep. and melvin gordon and then like it doesn't necessarily always have to be about the winner right it could be about no. somebody who's coming down the stretch and you know, and you you show kind of the the agony of loss, especially as like Angel starts playing really well, and she's a, mm-hmm. you know, if Angel pl- plays well consistently, like she's a star, like she has an yes. awesome personality, and she's just delightful. And I think you know, on that front, it's like because Randy, like I doubt that like they could go f- follow Lilia for four or five days afterwards, just because you know, but, but like, but even like that night. After she wins, just show me like the three hours after she wins. The decompression. Right? Like, yeah, that's what yeah, always, like what is all right. Yeah. What does media look like? Where like do you go? You know, do you eat dinner at the club? Do you go? <laughs> right. You know, like do you do you go find a late night spot? Do you go party somewhere? All that stuff. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting that I'd love to see, like just a little tidbit to dig, like to dig in on, was Cheyenne saying like, "Oh yeah, when I play a lot, like when I play a lot of weeks in a row." get sloppy i get undisciplined like my my swing gets gets weird i'd love to see like explore like dig deeper pull that thread mm-hmm. more as well um, like show I, that swing show show her sloppy swing like you don't have to get so like instructional yeah, into it and how like, they fix it too yeah like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh i i thought i thought cheyenne woods is doing a good job as far as the the narration mm-hmm. as well like it's 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 smooth it's it's unobtrusive uh it it carries the story along like they're doing a good job with that i thought there was a couple cool montages in there too but it's just it's like hey like show us a little bit more of like what happened yeah you know and, and why like on the back end now also included in this episode was our introduction to uh the couple of the lpga tour that's georgia hall and ryan o'toole um which it seems like they put a ton of camera work in with them and preparation for the tournament kind of expecting maybe georgia to maybe that have that week yeah maybe that's exactly who they were yeah kind of banking on and then yeah. d- didn't really have a whole lot of like it, like it was weird they did like this 90 second montage and then i was like all right are they, are they going to acknowledge that like these two are together and then finally it was like yeah like fellow lpga player and girlfriend and i was like okay <laughs> cool then like can we figure out like how they met or <laughs> maybe that's not going to happen but you know what i mean like the the genesis of it so. baby steps this is uh we've come a long way than than just saying that they're oh very close friends so <laughs> uh we'll take what we can get but i also think it it 
it would be a very interesting dynamic because they talked about like looking at leaderboards and like Ryan's like, oh, I look at the leaderboard to see how Georgia playing. And Georgia's like, I look at it to see, you know, hopefully Ryan's playing good too. But like, where is the line? Because you're also both competitors. And how does the whole dynamic work? And, you know, a lot of that obviously is private stuff, but on the competition side of it, it would be a great question of like, well, how do you guys manage this stuff? And honestly, kind of the same thing with me and my, you know, spouse. Is it possible to spend too much time together? Are you playing every <laughs> practice round together? Are you like practicing the exact questions. same time together? Yes. Yeah. Like, when is it too much and where does the balance come from as you guys try to do this? Yeah. Do your caddies hang out too? Like, <laughs> well, that's what the funniest thing. Together a bunch. Like, they're talking about chocolate and Ryan's like called chocolate like a sweet. And she's like, I spend way too much time around Brits. Like, I'm the only American here because all the Brits are like, oh, that that's a, what they call it? A delicacy. Like that's a delicacy. That's chocolate's a delicacy. She's like, no, it's just like a sweet man. Like it's it's candy, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's just kind of it. I think there's a lot more that you can pull there that would bring a large amount of, of your fan base into it and, and make you invest again. Yeah, I think that's all uh, very fair criticism. Uh, overall, though, praise yeah. praise progress. Uh, 100%. I, I think they'll. Hopefully they'll find their footing and, and really start to dive in on some of this stuff as it goes. All right, boys, let's let's get to match play. Uh, I, I want to make picks. Let's let's pick group winners from the sixteen groups, and then we can kind of go through the bracket and see if we have a consensus champion. So obviously we're recording Wednesday. Some of these matches are now uh, the the first of the matches of group play have have are starting to conclude so you're free to kind of update that or use that new information as we go but let's start with group one Lilia Vu Nana Kurtz Madsen Albane Valenzuela and Lauren Hartledge are the four members of that the format for anybody listening that's not sure they take 64 women they put them into 16 groups wednesday thursday friday is round robin play in your group one match one point for a win half point for a tie zero points for a loss and then the winner from each group goes into a round of 16 knockout stage down to an eventual winner so uh i i guess let's say let, let me ask you this is anybody not picking lilia vu to emerge out of group one i was thinking about it and I was like no and then and then I looked at it and Nan is down like you know big early <laughs> so definitely not picking picking anybody else Lily Avu all day long all right that's an easy one so whoever emerges from group one is going to play the winner of group 16 in the knockout stage group 16 is Anna Nordquist Andrea Lee our young hitter Lauren Coglin, and Elizabeth Sokol Curious who you guys had for this. Now I will say Lauren Coughlin has already won her match over Andrea Lee. <laughs> so that that goes a long way. I'm going with LC, baby. I think she she came out firing. Uh Nordquist is currently one up through fifteen on Zokol. Yeah, I think I think LC, if she can step it up in, in a big match against Nordquist, I think I think she, it would be a big boost of confidence for her. Hell yeah. I'm I'm a total heart pick. Of course I'm picking LC. Yeah. Elsie, Elsie for me as well. I think uh, I've only really seen this course. I, I haven't caught a lot of it the last couple of years just because of prep for the, the U.S. Women's Open that's usually the following week. But and what I remember from the match here is that 
there's not a lot of, uh, you know, there's some tight chipping situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anne is out of it. I don't think she can putt from from everywhere in the world. So that's where I'm going. There we go. Easy, easy pick then. That's a, yeah. that's a great call. Uh, group two, Brooke Henderson, Lee Six, Sophia Schubert, and Ye Un Hong. I, I guess I'll ask the same question. Anybody not picking Brooke? Lee Six has been so disappointing. That's that's yeah, somebody who... Like struggling to break 75. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing against Sophia Schubert or Ye Yun Hong. Just not going to pick them. All right. That's a, that's a clean sweep. <laughs> just, just, just not going to pick them. Just not going to pick them. All right. That's a clean sweep for Brooke. Uh, group 15 is Heyron Ru, who's currently leading the, uh, the LPGA Rookie of the Year race. You have Alim Kim, a major winner, U.S. Open. Frida Kinholt and Lindsay Weaver Wright. This is an interesting group. I'm going with Frida, the Swede. Ooh, yeah. I have no Same idea, Codeman. I'm jumping in here. I, I give me the favorite. Hey, Ron Rue. I, she's been playing pretty good golf. I, that's about the extent of my analysis there. I'm going to join you there as well, Mr. Big. Okay. Wow. Nobody, nobody believes in Alim Kim. No, she. You know, she's she was kind of TC. She won that U.S. Open at Champions Golf Club she that did. we went to in Houston. She did. Uh, okay. Next group, group three, Celine Boutier, Paula Reto, Sarah Schmelzel, and Min Lee. I mean, you know who I'm picking. TC's got Celine. I'm going to join him. Give me Celine. A lot of chalk here, which always worries me in these types of events, but it, it like, it's kind of an interesting field, right? You've got, it's, it's, it's very like, you know, you're missing some of the top players. You're missing yes. some of the middle tier players as well. It's, it's kind of an interesting, I don't know. It's a good opportunity for some of these, you know, either post-hype sleeper ladies or just ladies that need to make a step in their career. It's a good opportunity for them. I agree. I totally agree. Codeman, you taking Celine? Yep. All there with you guys. All right. The group three winner will play the group 14 winner, which is Ali Ewing, former champion, Angel Yin, Jeravi Boonchant, and Esser Henslet. I'm going to mispronounce some of these names, so I'm just going to pre-apologize for all of that. Uh, again, not, not, no, no disrespect to Jeremy or Esser, not picking either of those two. For me, it came down to Allie and Angel. Give me the form. I like Angel. I feel like, I don't know why, I feel like Shadow Creek, they, they set it up a little long sometimes too, which, yeah. which I think might play into Angel's hands. I'm going to go with that. She's been putting so good. I mean, yeah. I'm worried about Angel being tired. Which is yeah. fair. Which is fair. Codeman, who are you taking? Angel. Okay. Got it down. Uh, group four, Ji-Yu Lin, Mina Harrigay, Pajiri, oh God, we need Grant Boone here. Pajiri, Anna, <laughs> Anon, Ra- Rukam, that's horrible, I'm sorry, and Karis Davidson. <laughs> I Honestly, I don't know anything about Karis Davidson. Guys, I have no idea here. This was a total coin flip. Give me the chalk. Give me Ji-Yu Lin. <laughs> I'm going off the board. I'm going Pajiri, Anon, uh, Rukam. Love it. And as we walk, she is uh, two up through eight over a meeting. Made the cut last week at Founders T31. And and, and she's Thai. The, the, the Thai the ladies? Thai ladies, are, they're having a moment. God, TC right? took the words right out of my mouth. They are having a moment. Codeman, who are you taking? I am going to go uh, TC's route here. A little leaderboard watching, cheating. You can call it whatever you want. But I'm using the tools at my disposal. Pajari. Group 13, Se-Young Kim, Cheyenne Knight, Sarah Kemp, and Pei-Yun Chin. 
I will say Payun, she was she was up there after round one of the Chevron, played pretty well at Founders. I'm not taking her. I'm taking uh well who am I? I hate taking all chalk. I'm taking Say Young Kim. If she's playing uh, well, I just think she's she's just better. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with you as well. I feel like Sarah Kemp's been playing pretty pretty good golf though for a little bit. Would you guys pick? Say young. Say young Kim. Okay. Listen, I'm, I'm feeling this episode. I'm feeling the LPGA episode. They, they talked a lot about, even though that was a, a month ago now. Uh, Cheyenne Nye's playing really good. Obviously, backed by her performance last week as well. Uh, I'm going to keep, you know, riding the hot hand there. Sarah Kemp, T13 last week at, at Founders. Yeah. And she was on Team Australia at the International Crown. Yeah. Those are people who you got to worry about are getting fatigued here. That's exactly. Actually, that's true. Uh, group five, I think this is... Probably my. Is this the group of death? Yeah, this is my favorite yes. group. You have Danielle Kang, home game for her. Allison Lee, Maria Fossey, and Muni He. Codeman, I'm going to make you make the first pick here. Allison Lee, I know we don't like talking about it, but played pretty decent last week in the LET event. Um, had a pretty good performance last couple of LPGA events she played as well. I just, I'm not feeling DK. I don't know what's going on with her right now, but I'm going to go with Allison. I never know what's going on with DK. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's TC. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I, I will say Allison Lee is currently two up through 11 over Maria Fossey. And I'll go with Allison too. Danielle Kang is two down through 12 to Muni He. All right, I, I got to... Jo- home, home game model is not working. No, I'll join you with Allison Lee. I think that's a, that's a, a, a good pick there. Um all right, getting through the groups here. Group 12, Carlotta Saganda, who we just mentioned, won the individual portion of the LET event. Gabby Lopez, Penong Fatlum, and Amanda Doherty. Uh, give me Saganda. I think she's playing really good golf. Has not made a cut on the LPGA yet this year. Take that back. Not playing that good at golf. Actually, no, no, no. <laughs> oh. She has. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I feel like she's sorry. been playing. Missed her last two cuts. Okay. She was playing well before. Okay. That. All right. I'm like, am I making that she up? T- she was T12 at Chevron and T5 in, in LA. Okay. Uh, had a blazing weekend in LA. I was like, that that can't be right. It was just showing the two results. It's like, man, she's only played twice. Um, how's Gabby been playing? I think she's getting close. I think she's getting boat raced today. Yeah, plus, uh, she's missed two cuts in a row. Missed cut at Founders, missed it at uh, LA at the Jam Eagle Championship, T28 at the Chevron, and then uh, cut at the LA Open. But again, I called, she was one of my picks last week for for Founders. They said that she's just working her absolute tail off. She's a, she's a fighter, man. I was gonna say- and I think match play, like get her out of group and just let her eat. Give me Saganda. She's slow. She'll piss off her opponents. (laughs) She's a dog, man. She is a dog. And she's a lot of match play experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, Gabby's five down through 12 to Poronong. That's tough. That is. I'm going to go to Saganda as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. I was going to say, though, somebody had given us intel that watch out for Gabby. Uh, It maybe is at least another. I feel like people have been saying that for four years about Gabby. Right? Certainly could be. Yeah. Might need to check in with our Mexican delegation. There's some there's some concerning things going on. Uh the winner of that group's gonna play the winner of group eleven, which features Maya Stark, Jody Ewart Shadoff, Yu Lu, and Emma Talley. I mean, give me Maya. We just spent a day with her. <laughs> you know, that's the extent of my analysis. That's a that's a total heart pick as well. 
You worry about my how'd Maya play last last week? She might be tired, right? I think honestly, I, I don't think she played that well. I want to say she was that at she the, took the week off. I think and, and that then she was played the let tour event. I don't think she did. I, I thought I thought I saw her on Instagram like posting pictures with like DT in the background. No, she's I th- she made that point known. She's uh she's no not playing in Aramco events okay. moving forward. I think she because that was a point of uh, contention with her and and the commission of like why are you missing founders and she's like scheduling wise it just doesn't make sense for me. I can't, I can't do that many in a row. Gotcha. Um wait, so Maya yeah, didn't I'm play not- founders? She did not. Okay. Yeah, she hasn't played since International Crown. Wait, so we, do we skip a group? No, I don't think so. This is group 11. They'll play the, the winner. She group. did. She, uh, big big group. Uh, skip group six. We'll go back oh, to Oh, I did skip a group. Okay. Okay. Big's going with Maya here. I'm going to join him, of course. I'm going to go with Jody Ewart. Shut off. Shut off. Okay, back up to group six and Mr. Big. Okay. I was excited to talk about this one, Big. Yeah. All right. So group six is Ayaka Faru. Gemma He's playing great golf this year. Gemma Dryber. Drybaw. I don't know. I, I'm sure the Scots will. Drybra. Drybra. Yeah, just swallow it. Drybra. Uh, Stacy Lewis. <laughs> those, Captain. Those faux fuh situations. Is it Gemma or Gemma? I, I never know. I don't know. Gemma. I think Gemma sounds cooler. God, the Scots are going to be They're, all over us. They've just driven <laughs> off the road around Edinburgh. Uh, Stacey Lewis and Celine Borges, who Celine is a rookie, Norwegian, has had a couple good weeks. Don't know a whole lot about her, though, candidly. Give me the Scott. She's playing very, very nice golf right now. She's having a season. I, Codeman, give me, uh, give me Celine, the rookie. No respect. No respect for Ayaka. No. Unless Cody wants her. No, I'm going with Gemma as well. Wow. No no respect for the captain either, Stacy. Uh all right, skipping now down to group seven. Leona McGuire, Narin An, Jenny Shin, and Linnea Strom. Guys, let me just say I expect Leona. I'm picking yeah. Leona, and I'm going to be disappointed if she doesn't get out of this group. I'll be I'll be disappointed if, if Leona doesn't advance a round or two beyond this group. I well. was going to say that right there with you guys. She seems like ah, again, just one of those one of those fighters. A dog mentality be perfect for this. That's what I'm looking I for. It, I think it's Linnea Strom. Linnea. Yeah, I just don't want the Swedes to be pissed yeah. at you. The Swedes are having a moment. All right, Group 10 then, the aforementioned Jennifer Cupcho, Aditya Shuk, Perrine Delacour, and Caroline Inglis. Perrine Delacour is such a fantastic name. It's like a, it's a, it's a beautiful name. She's French. Uh, I'm going to go with Aditi, uh, although I hate her game for Shadow Creek. I, I feel like she's kind of short. Just trying to get out of groups. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, give me Aditi, but I don't feel good about it. Give me Cupcho. Cupcho should win this group. This this is another one where it's like, if if you're not getting out of this group, I, I think we, it's fair to ask what's going on. Okay, Codeman, who'd you pick? Aditi as well. I think we're just we just got to get out of group play here. Okay, and then Group Eight: Lynn Grant, Uni Lee, who's the defending champion, Matilda Castron, and Maddie Sarek. Now we do know. I can report, Lynn 
has tied her opening match with Maddie Zarek. Oh, she lost 18? Yes. Fuck. And, and, All right. And Yoon Hee Ji has won her opening match against Matilda Castron. Boat raced Matilda. I was getting, I was, that was going to give me a little bit of pause for Matilda. I, I really, I think Matilda is underachieving right now. I think she's one of the more talented players out there. That was going to give me pause to not pick Lynn, but I'm picking Lynn. I mean, I picked Lynn in our DK show. I want Lynn to get out of the group, but now I'm a little worried, and I think it could be Codeman. Give me Yoon Hee G. Okay. Good pick. Joining TC here with a Lynn selection. God, Lynn was two up after 16 and lost the last two holes. That's not good. That's decidedly not good. Okay, and then I don't. I am. I am showing a. Uh, I don't see where you're talking about. I show that I'm seeing. I'm, see, I'm still seeing leads one up through seventeen. I know. I, Correct. I, you guys are gonna hate this. I have it on the television. I'm I'm watching uh. it right now. <laughs> oh no! I, I can confirm Rand, it is a, Rand, a. Randy's in the LPGA metaverse yeah, right now. I can confirm it is a halved match. Um, and group nine. Yeah, group nine. Last but not least, Allison Corpus, Marina, Alex, Lucy Lee, and Daniela. Darkea, and I can confirm some match results here. Marina Alex has defeated Lucy Lee two up, and Tough. Daniela Darkea has defeated Allison Corpus one up. So knowing those results, give me give me Marina. I was gonna say give me Marina as well because I was gonna I would have been between Marina and Allison, but Allison lost, so we're going with Marina anyway. Marina Probably. all the way across. Okay, so. Let's see. This is going to be a little bit of a cluster, but I think we're going to need to... Do you want to do the round of 16 or should we just fast forward and everybody give me their final four? Let's do final four. How do we know who's... Oh my goodness, big. Is it like like four is like a pod? Five through eight is a pod? No, it's it's like NCAA style. So one plays 16 and we'll play the winner of eight, nine. So I'll read them off to you and you guys... Do they reseed at all or no? No, I don't know. So out of one regional, if you will, we all have Lilia Vu. Uh, we all have Lauren Coughlin. Some of us have Lynn Grant. I have Yoon Hee Ji. And then we all have Marina Alex. So you're going to have to pick one out of those four. Essentially, Lynn Grant, Marina Alex, Lilia Vu, or Lauren Coughlin. You know what? Give me LC. Wow. The match play is going to free up the putting. Like that. Wow. I think I think this is exactly what the doctor ordered. That could be LC running through Lilia Vu and Lynn Grant. Yeah. On the same day. I believe yeah, the provocative. Yeah. The round of 16 and the round of 8 are going to be both on Saturday. We're talking about elite ball strikers here. That is true. No disrespect at all to uh to LC or to Lynn. I think big big things coming to him, but I'm going to go with Lilia Vu. Code man, you can mark me down for the same thing for the same reasons and with the same caveat. LC, no disrespect at all. The next regional will be we all have Brooke. TC, you have Frida, would be amongst this foursome for you. Code man, you and I have Hey Ron Rue. And then to add to that will be group seven, we all have Leona McGuire. And group 10, uh, Cody, you and I have Aditi. TCU have Jennifer Cupcho. So give me Leona. Leona out of that regional for you. I like whoever wins that Brook, the potential Brook Leona match. I'll take Leona as well. 
I'll join you there, TC. Don't we should turn this into a massive, massive like gambling thing next year. Like people do brackets. Well, that's the tough thing about the pool play is I almost wish they would just go back to the 64 person bracket yeah. and then we could, yeah, yeah. yeah let's, let's just fill out the bracket. Yeah. Codeman, you took Brooke? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'll try to make this as uh, least convoluted as possible. Uh, for our next regional, we all have Celine Boutier as one of those four. Uh, TC, you have Ali Ewing. Codeman, you and I have Angel Yin. So now we got to go find 6 and 11. Uh, TC and Cody, you have Gemma Drybaugh in that group. I have Celine Borge. And then we all have, or no, excuse me, Cody and I have Maya Stark. TC, you have Jody Ewart Shadoff. Okay. So I'm going to need one name out of those four that I gave you. Thinking Celine, but I didn't pick her. So uh, <laughs> I will go. <laughs> now you have Celine uh, Boutier. Okay. You, you, you have Celine. Oh, yeah. Okay. You do. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, I'll do Celine Boutier. Sorry. The two Celines were yeah. messing with me. I'm going to go Angel Yin. I'm, I'm riding the, I'm riding the hot hand. I'm going to go with the young Swede who absolutely rolls the rock, my Stark. Okay. And then our last region is going to be group four. Uh, you guys had Pajari Ananarakarn. That's a horrible. I, again, I apologize <laughs> for all these mispronunciations. I have uh, Ziyu Lin. Another name to add to that group is Say Young Kim for TC and I. Cody, you had Cheyenne Knight. And then group five and 12 is the Daniel. Uh, we all had Allison Lee. And then we all had Carlota Saganda. Give me Say Young. I will. I'm going to take Carlota Saganda. Codeman. I want to go Cheyenne Knight. I think it's too much golf, though. I just, I just don't, don't think we got that much uh, gas in the tank here. Man, I can't even remember what my other picks were now. Allison Lee. I'll go Allison. God, both of you guys are just chalky as heck. Yeah. Here's our final four. TC, you took LC. Yep. Codeman, who'd you have out of the Lilia Vu, Lauren Cox? Lilia. Okay. So Cody's final four would be Lilia Vu versus Allison Lee in one semifinal. And then, Cody, I believe, did you take Brooke Henderson? I did. Brooke versus Maya. Brooke versus Maya. So who's your champion out of, that, out of your final four? Or who's your final? It is going to be Lilia Vu versus Brooke Henderson in the final. That's chalky. I'm sure the TV folks would love that. TC, you have Lauren Coughlin versus Say Young Kim in one semifinal. Leona McGuire versus Celine Boutier in the other semifinal. I will do Lauren Coughlin and Celine Boutier matching up. Or sorry, Lauren Coughlin and Leona McGuire matching up in the finals. Leona taking the championship. Wonderful. God, what a week that will be for LC. And then I have Lilia versus Carlotta Saganda in one semi. And Angel Yin versus Leona McGuire in the other semi. Hmm. Give me Lilia versus Leona. That'd be a heck of a matchup too. Wait, hold on. I've got. I don't have you guys having. Leona. I'm pretty sure you chose Brooke, but that's cool. You can. You got Lilia, Brooke, Angel, and Carlotta. I see. I think that might have been Code Man. I don't want to blame that on you, Code Man. But I think I said I'll join TC with Leona. Okay. Okay. 
hate to throw you under the bus there. That feels right, big. You're a big Leona <laughs> fan. And you hate Brooks. Exactly. So makes sense. Exactly. And all of Canada. So so I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Leona. I think this is a huge week for for Leona. So TC, you and I are both picking Leona to win. Cody, I don't know if we got your winner between Lilia and Brooke. Uh Brooke Anderson. Brooke. Wow. Direct shot across the bow at big. All right. I'm sure everybody listening is extremely just in tune, can visualize all of this. Uh, <laughs> but we will have some bragging rights now to to come back to in a couple of weeks when uh, when we're on again. So Codeman officially picking Brooke Henderson, TC and I officially picking Leona McGuire. Who got the like the W from our Chevron stuff? I think I, I mean I know we I, I did because yeah. I had Lilia. Oh, okay. I, I, it was good on you, big. Yeah, good on you. I think it actually wasn't that close, <laughs> <laughs> which which is tough for you guys. Um, all right, guys, that's that's about it. Uh, nice hour plus talking women's golf. Would would encourage everybody to stick around. I'm going to talk to Jordan Perez. We're going to break down what actually happened at the NCAA championship. So please stick around for that. But otherwise, gentlemen. Godspeed, and we'll see you next time. Randy, give please give JP my best and uh, fight on. Randy, fight on. Thanks, Mr. Big. All right, folks. As promised earlier, we are going to chat about the just-completed NCAA Women's golf championship and to help me do so it is one jordan perez thanks for making time how are you doing this evening i am great i am a little floored at the conclusion of the ncaa's this year i don't know if i want to say i had some pretty hot takes but i think uh, the way that everything panned out was certainly not how i expected it to be but uh i'm very excited to dive into all of it well, gosh, let's just start right there. What What's most surprising? Is it Wake Forest winning? Is it the manner in which they won? Is it Stanford not hoisting the title? What's What's most What's got you most surprised? It's certainly the latter. Um, I I was dying on a hill on multiple podcasts saying Stanford was going to win it all. It was totally <laughs> over. Like there, there's no no contest, and especially on that second day of stroke play when they shot like 15 under, I was like, I like I, y'all, like no, this is this is no contest. We we this is over. Please, like. And so as I watched, you know, and, and I, I felt more confident in that take as the week progressed. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And then semifinals rolls around and I'm like, oh, okay. So we, we've, we've got some human beings on this team. Well, and I, I just know any Wake Forest people are, are going to be pulling their hair out. So I want to say congratulations to Wake Forest. Of course, they have captured their first title, women's title in program history, Kudos to them. We are going to break down Wake Forest. But I think from a casual perspective, I do think Stanford might be just as big of a story. So let's start there, Jordan. You mentioned uh, they their stroke play qualifying as a team didn't get off to the greatest of starts. They roared back, uh, eventually got the number one seed. And then even in that first uh, quarterfinal matchup with Pepperdine, though, they, they struggled a little bit. I mean, I, I feel like there were some cracks maybe that were showing even as early as that Pepperdine matchup. 
Yeah, I mean, all year long, they've kind of had a little bit of adversity, which is strange to say when you're talking about the number one team in women's college golf. Um, but a, a lot of, I think Rose has had to carry a lot more weight than usual this year, um, especially with Rachel Heck's injury. Um, Brooksy was out for most of the spring semester. Um, so that was pretty tough. Uh, Sadie Engelman had a few issues with her back. And so this lineup has like had some troubles and, you know, Brooksy came back. She was in the winning lineup last year. Uh, Sadie Engelman also was and Rose was. And so there was a bit of experience in that lineup. And, you know, surely that was going to kind of carry them through. Um, and they, they managed to kind of clean up okay in quarterfinals. I don't know how convincing it was. Rose's win was extremely convincing. And I felt like that was going to set the tone. Winning six and five is a pretty nice way to kick things off. Um, Sadie Engelman. Sadie Engelman has just been extremely consistent this entire spring. And she's honestly assumed the number two position extremely well. And I mean, they don't call her the Engelbaum for a reason. I mean, she's just majestic <laughs> with her putter. Um, and I, it's, I, I tweeted this, I think at some point, but I'm like, there's not a lot of people playing call, playing golf like her right now. And Having Rose on your team really overshadows that, but they they she she's just assumed such a nice role in Rachel Heck's absence and will continue to really be a leader on this team going forward. Um, but she took care of business. She won her match. Uh, really, they all they won all of their matches until Megagane. Megagane really struggled, and Megagane struggled pretty hard during match play this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that kind of that was a bit of a deciding factor as well in semifinals because Mega really needed to win that match. She did, and I think you you mentioned Rachel. Uh, certainly, her injury for most of, if not all, of the spring hurt Stanford, and I think that's where people such as myself were looking to Mega Gane to just kind of step in and oh well that's okay they still have Mega uh, to go along with Sadie and Rose and and the rest of the team um, she was she did not have a good week I don't think at Greyhawk I, I think that's fair to say and yeah I I I mean let's just so they get by Pepperdine you're right they it, it ended up looking better on paper. I didn't feel great, though, about going into USC. And so we, we turned the page the next day, their semi, semifinal matchup against USC. And I think the story here was like, oh, Rose, she might be humid. I don't know. I've never seen her kind of struggle that badly uh, at the collegiate level, which was really shocking, I think. Do you think she just ran out of gas? I don't know what else to attribute it to. I think it's tough to say, but also Brianna Navarosa was playing exceptionally well, and she has a lot of really great match play experience under her belt. She was a U.S. Women's Am quarterfinalist last year. She's just super gritty, such a good ball striker, was actually struggling with that for most of her season, and um, she sat out of that Pac-12 lineup until the last day when they subbed her in, and she actually helped them clinch that Pac-12 title, and so she was peaking at the right time, and I think... um, Coach Silverstein really felt confident in her and putting her in that position against Rose. Uh, I think maybe the expectation there would have been to put maybe Amari against Rose, and, and but no, Brianna got the job done. And I think on 16 specifically, I mean, that was guts. That, that putt against the tee shot that Rose hit was just... Yeah. 
Oh my god, that like I was like, she's a gamer. She she's that is no Quint Navarosa. Like that's that's what I've coined her, and she showed a, a little bit of that today at the end. But she was just really outmatched in this final. I mean, it was it, it was a sort of an about face, but her in that semifinal was one of the coolest performances I've seen. And so all credit to her and what she did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rose Rose was a little bit exposed there, and it was surprising considering her match play record. Yeah, and uh, you're exactly right. 16, uh, for folks that didn't see it, par three. Uh, Navarosa had a, a two, she was two up on 16T, but Rose had just drained uh, an incredible birdie on, what was it, four, I guess 15? In any event, it felt like the momentum had swung and Rose might be starting to run her down. Rose hits her tee shot to, I don't know, three feet kind of kick in you can assume a, a birdie and then Navarosa steps up on the tee box and and hits a really good shot maybe eight to ten feet let's call it and drains the putt and from there it was that that was curtains and that was the match Stanford had to flip in the semifinal so USC uh prevailed what else you know we, we can talk about individual matches and anything else you want to drill down on though from that usc stanford matchup or just stanford in general i think if this is where rosang ends her career i mean i think she's ended it pretty well um i mean it it, it was pretty remarkable to win the individual title four shots back uh especially where Catherine park was and uh, for people who don't know, Catherine Park was two shots ahead in the final day of stroke play, and she ran out of gas towards the end, but she that, if she would have pulled it off, that would have been her very first uh, collegiate title as a freshman. So I think that that was a pretty sick way to come up, and a lot of that momentum translated into match play, and she ended up being huge for USC. And so, but no, for Rose to just kind of, you know, prevail that way four shots back i mean like yeah that's the rose that we expect and i think we continue to expect her to pull pull something incredible off and we just kind of learn like rose is human and i think we learned that during anwa i think that was very evident yeah. during that anwa run but she she got the job done right and so we were sitting there like okay she sure she's human whatever you know she still won this right here said rose rose can crack and I think it was better for her to crack like this than maybe for Stanford to just go all the way and do it again. I think she will take a lot away from this. And I, I for her personally, I think I think it, that was probably the better outcome, truly. But no, I mean, Catherine Park as a freshman is just so impressive. I mean, literally just had a two-footer on the 18th that would, took her out of the playoff. I mean, it, she was right there. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think lot, lots of impressive stuff from USC, especially in that semifinals. Uh, but specifically as the plot relates to the individual, uh, the individual competition, I mean, that was, that was cool to see that tension too. Let's, I, cause I do want to talk individual. So just to keep it a little clean, let's, I'm, I'm going to keep you on the, uh, the team championship line of questioning right now. So USC advances. Let's go over to the other side of the bracket. 
Talk to me about Wake Forest. I and I say that as somebody like I, Jordan. You know a ton more about college golf than I do, so I'm I'm leaning on you a little bit. But from what I could understand, Wake Forest. I mean, this is a very very deserving champion. They were the second ranked team throughout the year. I know Stanford rightfully got a ton of the publicity and and was kind of who I always followed. But it seems like Wake Forest was it was almost one A and one B throughout this season. Yeah, I and I, I I was always like, oh, I think by the time like maybe like the end of fall came around or the start of spring, I was like, please, let's have a Wake Forest and Stanford final. That's all I want. All I want is just to see these two teams play match play. And that would have been a sick final, but that's obviously not how it panned out. I mean, Wake Forest has just been kind of lights out all year. I mean, they've won seven times. They were always right there. They were always in it. Didn't win their conference championship, which was a little unusual, but I mean... They they were always in the hunt. They were pretty much on Stanford's heels the entire year. Um, and they were kind of seeking vengeance for a long time. They went to the finals in 2019 and lost to Duke in what was a pretty close final. It was 3-2. And then they actually didn't make match play again until this year. So they've had a little bit of trouble at Greyhawk, especially with some of the members of this lineup. And I, the only player who had been to the finals was Emilia Miliacho, super, super, super senior. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, her six, match play experience. Six years. Six yeah, so years. So let's keep it score at home. Six years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I have yep, no idea yep. what every, anybody's eligibility is anymore with COVID. I, yeah, I, I think maybe the next year is like everybody who has the last COVID year, but I get so confused too. I, whenever I talk to people, I just assume, yeah, you've got a COVID year, right? And they'll be like, oh no. And I'm like, are you sure about that? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, and I mean, I think Amelia kind of at the helm of this lineup specifically was super big. I mean, she, she's had an incredible match play record. I think it was something like she five and one in total match play, uh, matches that she'd played in NCAAs and it'd been a pretty long stretch since her last time. And so she held it together. But once again, I mean, Wake Forest, this is a talented team and they were always on Stanford's heels. I mean, this is a team that has a lot of match play experience and you talk Amelia specifically and Rachel, I mean, they were on both of those Curtis Cup winning teams and Rachel specifically has clinched a Curtis Cup twice. She has been the winning point twice. So she was someone that, I mean, I don't think anybody would have wanted to see in match play, and she proved it. She went 3-0 in all her matches. Yeah, she was she was super impressive. I was also just, I mean, today, so impressed with uh, Lauren Walsh and how, and how she went about it as well. It, it was an experienced Wake Forest team. And to your point about Amelia, I, I thought it was so interesting, insightful hearing Coach Llewellyn uh, when they were accepting the trophy, essentially calling Amelia like, yeah, she's just another assistant coach at this point. I mean, the team calls her grandma. Having that type of person and that type of experience really seemed to pay dividends. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt when that person plays exceptionally well, too. I mean, she <laughs> yeah. pretty sure she's a three-time All-American. I mean, she's been pretty consistent all her collegiate career. I mean, she had that break a little bit between um, – her fifth year or her fifth and sixth year um, just to kind of, you know, explore things that weren't golf and she's paved out a pretty cool career in media. So that's awesome. But I think all of that was really paid 
in her coming back refreshed, coming back wanting to win that national championship, having that unfinished business and saying, I'm going to lead this team and we're going to get this done. And she she proved that today. I mean, I that birdie on 14 was so sick. And just to see her mm-hmm. make a comeback like that was awesome. And that really turned the momentum of the match. I mean, it looked like it was chipping away a little bit towards, towards the turn, but then she just pulled away completely. And yeah, I mean, that, that experience is really hard to live up to and to compete with. I mean, someone like that on your side is, is almost always going to get it done. I, I, again, Wake Forest, so deserving. USC, they beat Stanford. They obviously deserve the spot in the final. But man, I, I just, I think we got robbed a little bit. I, I would have loved to have seen that Wake Forest-Stanford final, I think. I think it would have been a pretty competitive final. I, I you know, I, and, I'm, and I'm not sure how close it would have gotten, but it, but it would have been pretty pr- pretty edgy. Um, mm. I was a little disappointed with the way that USC came out today. And I, I expected a lot more. I expected a lot more from Amari Avery. I expected a little more from Cindy Koo. I, I just, this was just, was just not the final that I really envisioned, especially after that semifinals outing. I figured there'd be a little more grit and a little, little more edge. And you saw, you know, flashes of Navarosa coming back towards the end in that match, but Lauren Walsh was too much. I mean, the way that she was hitting the ball all match long, and it's not like Brianna was necessarily playing bad. It's just Lauren was just on fire. She was unstoppable. There, there didn't, I don't think you could have put a single player in that lineup against Lauren. She would have beat all of them. Easy. That's that's what I felt watching. And the question I was going to ask you, specific to USC, do you think it was almost a bit of a disservice to them to have to play Stanford in the semifinal? And I, and I only ask that because, obviously, conference rival knocking off you know the number one seed the big bad wolf I, I wonder how much of that semifinal almost felt like mission accomplished for USC maybe a little bit now that you put, put it that way because I, I mean maybe they're like phew we've got that done we we took Stanford out we took the favorite out we took the defending champion like we're good who I mean who's to truly say but yeah because at no point did you really see any electricity from USC today, aside from Catherine Park, who brilliantly closed her match out three and one. But aside from that, I mean, there were there was no. I don't. I can't think. There were really not many times where people were trailing in the other matches, other than in Mimi Rhodes's match. She trailed a few times, but mm-hmm. she after the turn, and she was basically hers. But I mean, it, it was. It was a weird outing, especially from just how much grit we saw and kind of credit to their match play experience. Again, I was really shocked that the Amari match went that way, like so decisively. I mean, Amari, it, and credit to Rachel once again, Rachel's an exceptional match play player, but so is Amari. Amari almost swept her Curtis Cup matches. Like she is very good. And so I, I was just, I was a little shocked. I also, there were... um two missed swings uh, from Cindy Koo and Amari Avery that I was just like a little floored. I'm like, oh God, like we've really got the nerves coming down the stretch here. Like this is, this is a lot. Like I can feel this from here. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what the, like I, you, you could, you could just tell it was just really falling apart. And I feel like the only person who was actually really like trying everything she possibly could to keep them in it aside from Catherine Park was no quit Navarosa. And so, you know, hats off to no quit Navarosa. I mean, you know, she she did what she could, but 
Lauren Walsh was it was not going to get beat today. No, you're exactly right. And I do love that nickname. That's such a good nickname. No quit Navarosa. Um, yeah, it just felt it, it, it felt inevitable. You know, we've had some finals that honestly have been like the best golf I've watched that year. And this just was not that. And, and that's okay. I think that speaks to like, hey, Wake Forest was on a mission. But yeah, it, it was a little anticlimactic. And I think for that reason, I was a bit disappointed. But say la vie. Um, Circling back, I guess, real quick on Rose, we, we are kind of talking about her college career in the past tense, and I think it's probably the worst kept secret in golf right now. I mean, Grant Boone of Golf Channel tweeted earlier in the week that he's heard that Rose is turning pro. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. So this seems to be like the end of, of the road in college for Rose. Um, I'm curious, so assuming Rose... Uh, you mentioned Amari. I, I know there's some things she might turn pro. Uh, anybody else that we should keep an eye on, especially as the LPGA season and maybe seeing some sponsors exemptions? Anybody that you're keen to see, uh, will they turn pro or will they return to college? Hmm. I, you know, I haven't really been thinking about much about many people outside of pros. <laughs> yeah. But that's um, fair. That's fair. You know, I haven't heard anything about Amari, and like, if we're if, if I'm going to inject any personal opinion into it, I don't necessarily think she should turn pro just yet. Um, but just kind of kind of thinking thinking about all of these great players who have been playing. I mean, a lot of them still like have a lot of time left at the top. Oh, gosh, I literally should pull up Wagger right now because I I like haven't even been thinking about this. Oh, perfect. Okay, got it. Um, Ingrid. Ingrid is allegedly playing Q school at the end of the year. Um, okay. I think Ingrid Ingrid will be back for the school year. So I suppose her turning pro is kind of contingent on how she finishes out in Q school. Um, and just as a reminder for people, if you advance to Q series, you have to turn pro. You cannot remain amateur. They changed that rule for Q school starting last year. But a lot of like a lot of these familiar names, I mean, that we have been seeing, like Curtis Cuppers, like that kind of crew, like a lot of that crew is kind of still sticking around. Latana Stone will be around. Um, Rachel Keane, like I said, will be back. Uh, Megagane will be back. You know, she's a freshman this year. I mean, that would be. But um, Jenny Bay, Jenny Bay's another name. Remember from yeah. Anwa? She yeah. will be turning pro. Yeah. Um, Erica Shepard is another one who will be turning pro as well. Um, trying to think of more off the top of my head those are some of the big names that i can think of that and safe to say careers well i was gonna say safe to say rachel heck will be back to stanford she's yes. been adamant that she will she will finish all of her eligibility at, at stanford so uh hopefully she can heal up rest up get healthy because i think it'll be a lot of fun to have her back to as close to 100 percent as possible next year yeah I mean, I, and it was huge just to even see her play one round of golf. And I remember when I saw the announcement, I'm like, I'm, am I like, am I seeing this right? Like, did this just happen? I literally texted her. I'm like, Hey, are you playing nationals? Like, <laughs> is this a thing? And like, indeed it was. And so I, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was very reassuring to see her come back and, you know, even even just attempt because you can see that you, she loves that team. They, 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 those girls will do anything for each other, and so it was cool to even see her try. I mean, it was not the outcome that she wanted, obviously, but she was there. She's their biggest cheerleader, and I think once she's 
totally healthy, totally back. I mean, she is, she's going to be Rachel Heck again, and she is going to be, she's going to be a factor next year. Taking the, the women's NCAA championship in totality, I want to ask what was your biggest surprise? What was your biggest disappointment from the week? Ooh, I mean, I, I, I'll be consistent in this. Stanford was my biggest surprise. I totally thought they were go, going all the way. Like that mm-hmm. was just my largest surprise. I, I didn't think anybody could really hold a candle and they got exposed. And that that's fine. And I like I said, that's better for everyone involved. But that that's that's great. That that should have happened. And it thickened the plot. Like I, I'm glad that we also got a new champion because Wake Forest played the season like they deserved it. Um, did you say my biggest disappointment? Biggest disappointment. Yep. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> Could also be. I think it's still that Amari Avery <laughs> Rachel Keene match. Okay. It's okay. still it's still that match. I I when I saw that that pairing, I was like, oh, like this is going to extra holes. Like we're gonna be here a while. Like this is this is gonna be a battle. And then right 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 as Rachel took, I'm pretty sure she took the lead. Like. Pretty much immediately, I was like, "Okay, uh, we we this 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 might be over. This might be over now." Um, but yeah, I would say because I'm like thinking like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be theater. Like this this the plot is about to be so good. Like we I'm just going to be on the edge of my seat." Mm-hmm. And it it Amari Amari kind of gave nothing, and I I'm disappointed to see that happen to her. And, and hopefully she comes back and she can kind of. You know, play with a similar chip on U- the USC, USC kind of played with all year because they didn't even make it to match play last year. So they did have a bit of a chip on in their shoulders. And so I was disappointed to not see them put up much more of a fight than they did. I think that's very fair. The only other one I had, uh, and we kind of touched on it, was I-, I think you could file this a little bit under disappointment. And I think it's fair would just be Mega Gane and, and certainly in the match play portion she did not really show up how how would you assess she of course was the darling of the US Women's Open at Olympic a few years back how would you assess her freshman year did you expect a bit more out of her 100% I mean okay I didn't know if I'm like the one that's like off base and I need to like temper my expectations that's no, why I'm like asking it a bit uh reserved. no no and I mean and Mega's Mega's still a great player right and I mean I it, she still had a decent freshman year that's you know and a lot of a lot of players kind of struggled to make that adjustment to college golf I mean she made the cut at Anwa she had a top 10 there uh had a few good top 10s and I think she had like a top three earlier in the year if I remember right but she she was playing okay I kind of expected a win at some point mm-hmm. uh you know just as we know the caliber of a player that she is and what she's capable of but I'm interested to see like you know what what's what's left for Megagane I don't I don't think she's quite peaked yet I don't think uh, the U.S. Women's Open was her peak by any stretch, but I'm I'm interested to see you know if she if she comes back next year with kind of a vengeance and kind of a fire and says hey like I you know I, I want to make good on my college career I want to prove like I'm supposed to be here so mm-hmm. that's something I'd love to see from her. Well said, well said. Well, Jordan, what else? Uh, any <laughs> any other burning takes? Anything else you need to you need to get out there from the week? I think I don't I don't necessarily have a burning take, but I just I didn't I didn't get to kind of elaborate enough on Rose Zhang and her career and 
just the historical significance of it. I mean, this is the go amateur, the probably the greatest amateur golfer of all time, right? Like, and it's not even really much of a stretch. Like, she completed the slam. She eclipsed Tiger in less starts for most wins at Stanford. I mean, 12, 12 is a crazy number. Win percentage was like at 60%, I think, when it was all said and done. Um, just, you know, and I, I got to like run these numbers on, you know, how many people beat her because I think it's probably an extremely small number of people that beat her in college golf alone. But I, I just, when I, 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 one, I'm glad a career like this was so, was documented as much as it was because I think that's important. And maybe like 10, 15, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had that at all. Um, but two, like it, it reminds me that women's golf and even women's college golf, especially is in such a good place. Like there's such, there's such an interest in it now more than ever before. And I don't feel like I'm shouting into the void anymore about how cool this is. It's I, yeah. there's people that are engaged and they care. And I mean, I, that's kind of, that's kind of all I ever wanted when I started doing any of this. And so I, I think, you know, Rose Zhang is, her career is obviously not over. I mean, she, she just has so much golf ahead of her and so much left to accomplish, but I, it's just crazy to think like, wow, like this, you are a living, breathing goat and this is only the beginning and you've pretty much changed the face of your sport for uh, gosh generations i mean literally a generational player i mean there there's no other way to really cap off what she's done and i yeah i'm i'm so excited to see what what else is in store what are your expectations again assuming she makes a decision to turn pro what what do you expect to see from her how quickly do you think she will let me back up unbelievable amateur career that is well established she has set the stanford wins record she she has broken tiger's mark uh along with a couple other people i wonder though if the casual fan is gonna have just the mental image of tiger and the way he was able to dominate fairly quickly i wonder if that's what people are going to expect of rose and i'm not sure we're we're actually going to see that because I just don't, I think her game is more built around consistency and just a very, very, very high floor, at least right now. And so I, I, it's weird. It's like I almost want people to temper their expectations of her on the LPGA tour, at least for the time being. I don't know if you feel similar, similarly or not, though. Yes and no. I'm, I'm hyped up for what Rose can do and could do. But it's a new venue and there is a lot of pressure on her. There was a lot of pressure on her in this national championship. And I think, you know, the human in that got exposed. The human in that got exposed during Anwa. And she she and Augusta National, I don't think, are that good of friends, clearly. <laughs> but, you know, there there is a human element to this. You know, she's not perfect. She's she has her weaknesses. She she has been exposed. And so I, you know, and again, for all of her consistency, for for all of the minimization of the mistakes and the discipline, the diligence, the way that she carries herself and how instrumental those two years at Stanford were to who she is and who she's becoming. I, I do, you know, I, I wonder how she's going to handle a new venue. And there's there's way different expectations on her now. You know, there's 
there's all that pressure. There's thinking, oh yeah, you're going to win a major in your first year. I'm sure all those takes are going to fire off in no time. Like mm-hmm. everybody's going to have that expectation. And and it's almost it's almost going to feel like probably women's golf is in her hands. And it's not like that's not, I don't feel like that's a responsibility that anyone should necessarily feel like they need to have. Um, but it, it will naturally follow. It, it, that's, that's, just, that's just how this is going to go. And so... Um, I expect Rose to have a good first year. I mean, she's an exceptional talent. She she's a generational player. Um, and but I think there will be an adjustment period for sure. That's exceedingly fair and level headed. <laughs> uh, no, Jordan, I I can't wait. Um, we'll see what's ahead. What's in store for for Rose? I suspect we'll hear definitively if she is going to turn pro very quickly. So uh, certainly keep an eye on that. But congratulations to Wake Forest, first national championship for the women in school history. That is absolutely awesome. Uh, Rose, the first, let me make sure I have this right, the first female to win two individual NCAA championships and the first male or female to win back-to-back. I believe Phil Mickelson won twice, but they weren't consecutive. So I believe I have that stat right. Well, Jordan, thank you. I know nobody's as passionate about the college game as you are. I appreciate you taking some time and uh, lending us your insights and wisdom. Thank you very much. Thanks for letting me ramble about it. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect 